So thank you guys. I want to start out tonight's message with the end of the message. And I'm going to ask you a question tonight. What place is God commanding you to go? Not geographically, but in your attitudes, in your relationships, in your faithfulness, in your spirituality, in your finances, in your commitments, in your obedience. Now tonight marks the last installment of our series on the faith of Abraham. And we've been talking about the various steps that he has taken. And he obeyed those steps. And each step that he took brought him into a larger place and positioned him for greater blessing in his life. And so when we walk with the Lord and when we walk in the steps of our faithful father Abraham, you and I will experience the same thing. Because you are blessed with faithful Abraham. You're cut out of the same hole. You came out of the same cloth. Abraham's blessings are yours. If you be Christ, the Bible says, then are you Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to the promise. So I want to pick up tonight in Genesis chapter 22, if you would. And I want us to look at some verses there. Genesis 22. And I'm going to pray like Donnie Moore prays. God help. In Jesus' name. And we thank you for that help. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. I believe the will of God for us when we come to church is to have a move of the Spirit of God and a good word every time we come together. Amen? You know, sometimes you come to church and, and you get a good word and that's awesome and that's great and it's right for the right season and the right timing. Other times you come to church and it's just a Holy Ghost blitz. And that's right, and that's good, and that's wonderful for its season. But I believe that what God is looking for is churches, Holy Ghost churches, that will move with the Word of God and move with the Spirit of God. For it is the Word of God and it is the Spirit of God combined together that will bring balance, that will also bring liberty and joy and power in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So in Genesis chapter 22... In verse 1, it says, And it came to pass. Everyone say, It came to pass. Came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Now notice with me that God tested Abraham. Now when God tests us, it's always a test to a solicitation to obey. And it always results in blessing if we pass those tests. Now, when the enemy comes along to test, it's a solicitation to disobey or to yield to sin or to yield to discouragement or whatever the case, and it always results in cursing. And so God does test us today. He will give us opportunities to obey him. He will challenge us. And yes, he will even stretch us. Now, when a teacher believes in his or her students, the test that is given is not an attempt to flunk the student. But rather, it is a challenge that the teacher believes that the student can rise up to. It's an opportunity for the student to prove what he or she has learned. In other words, there's a proving, there's a testing. I do not want to board a jet airliner that has not been tested. I do not want to buy an automobile that has not been tested. How many of you know that testing is a good thing? Because testing proves that the product is worthy so that they can go out and sell a couple million of them. And so when you and I pass these tests of obedience, 
when we are approved, then God can use you and I in even greater ways. And it is his will to use you in greater works and in greater ways. Now here's the test in verse 2. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom you love, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains that I will tell thee of. Now notice particularly your son whom you love. And so the Father, God, asked him for the very thing that was most precious and dear to Abraham's heart. He said, go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offerings on one of the mountains that I should tell thee. Now I want to know, you to notice in verse 3, so Abraham stayed in bed that next morning. No? What did he do? Abraham rose early in the morning. So he obeyed quickly and immediately, and he was not tainted by delay. There's a good lesson in that for us. And saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering, and he arose and went to the place that God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. So what God was asking him to do was not convenient. It was something that would test him to the very core. But remember, Abraham had experience with his good, good father. He was the friend of God, so Abraham trusted him. God trusted Abraham, and then Abraham, of course, trusted God. So, you know, many times, you know, I'll be honest with you, in America, we want spirituality on our own terms. We, we have a tendency to want to pick and choose the good parts and the good portions of God's Word that are just good for us. Kind of a cafeteria plan, if you will. But God is not on the cafeteria plan. So this stretched Abraham. Put yourself in his place. And yet on the inside, he was knowing that I can trust God with my boy. And you can trust God with your children. And you can trust God with your body. And you can trust God with your affections. And you can trust God with your finances. You can absolutely trust Him if you will sell your heart out completely to obey Him and to walk in those steps. Amen. And so, Abraham was a guy, was a man of God, that did not consider his own body, remember? Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. He gave glory to God. And so through experience, he had learned to trust God. He had taken those steps, even for years and years, when it looked like nothing was going to happen, he trusted God, and he refused to consider his own body, and he staggered not. He knew that his seed was going to come through Isaac. And so here's Abraham's attitude. And this is the spirit of faith. And you, by the way, have the spirit of faith. Say it with me. I have the spirit of faith. For the spirit of faith, it is the spirit of victory. He knew by simply trusting him, becoming acquainted with him, 
having experienced his goodness, he knew whatever it took. If God had to raise him up from the dead, he knew that his good, good father would not leave him there dead. Oh, my. In verse 5, now notice this. And Abraham said to his young man, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And what? We're coming back. What kind of confidence is that? We will come back. Because I know that he is my exceeding great reward. He is my abundant compensation. He is my covenant-keeping God. He is my Father. Woo! Glory to God. He said, so we're going to go worship, and we will come back to you. And in verse 6, Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. He said, I'm right here, son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? In verse 8, read it with me. And Abraham said... My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Woo! I know you can't read it because we don't have it. But he said, my son, my father will provide. In the midst of the test, in the face of lack, in the face of economic disaster, in the face of all hell breaking loose, when it doesn't look like there's a way, know that he is the way and that he will provide. He will provide. My God will provide should be in your heart and on your lips continuously. When it looks like you can't afford it, discard that thought and say, My God will provide. Oh, we need to say it about five times right now. My God will provide. Come on now. My God will provide. My God will provide. My God will provide. And my God will provide. It's the end of the month. I hear somebody trying to tow my car away, but my God will provide. PG&E just pulled up. It looks like they're going to shut it off, but my God. My God will provide. This should be coming out of our lips continuously as a church. As we face our future and make declarations of faith concerning harvest in this place, concerning finances in this place, my God provides. I have heard, and I haven't studied it out, but I've heard that one of the thoughts of this statement is that he is the choreographer of provision. He is the choreographer. What does a choreographer do? He arranges things ahead of time. Oh, hallelujah. Here's the contract. The date is set. But where's the money? What do you say? I think we need to get a little stronger. What do you say? What do you say? 
Provision is not just in the area of finances, but provision is also in the arena of laborers ministering to your loved ones. Looks like my son and my daughter, man, looks like they're rebelling, looks like they're rebelling, but I've prayed and asked the Lord to send a labor. What do you say? My God! My God will provide. Not just God can provide. Everyone knows that he can because he's God and he's omnipotent, but it takes faith to say that my God does provide and he will provide. And let me just read to you Hebrews chapter 11. We, uh, the blessed Tron is down for the night, but the anointing is still here. In Hebrews 11:17 through 19, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Of whom it was said, In Isaac shall your seed be called, concluding, in other words, accounting, knowing fully well that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which also Abraham received him in a figure. What does that mean? Abraham saw it. He saw the end result. If it meant Isaac being dead, he saw him being raised from the dead. And you may be experiencing some death-filled situations right now. But I want to encourage you tonight, it's not over, even though there is a dead situation happening in your life. Because I know that you serve a God who raised Jesus from the dead, and there is such a thing as resurrection power in a dead situation. Oh, hallelujah! Say it with me, there's resurrection power. In a dead wallet. In a dead marriage. In a dead church. You do know that we serve a God who raised Jesus from the dead. And since he did that, don't you be discouraged. If you run if you've hit in a rough spot, don't be discouraged. Encourage yourself in the Lord and look to him, and he will lift you up. I've discovered that he, in fact, is the glory and the lifter up of your head. Come on, let's raise our hand and thank you. Yes, you are. Hallelujah. In verse 9, it goes on to say through verse 13. And they were come to the place. Everyone say, to the place. They were come to the place that which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, I'm right here. And he said, don't lay your hand upon the lad, neither do anything to him, for now I know you passed the test. For now I know that you fear God seeing that you have not withheld your son, thine only son, from me. Wow! He passed the test. Did not Jesus pass the test in the Garden of Gethsemane? God did not withhold his only son. And Abraham did not either. And now notice verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. 
<laughs> and so Abraham took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. The question I have for you is, did God provide? And then in verse 14, Abraham called, now notice, the name of that place. He called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Whew, that's the only time Jehovah-Jireh is used in the Bible, and it literally means, it shall be seen. Hallelujah. His provision shall be seen. It shall be provided in the mount of the Lord. Now, the word provision is a very interesting word. The word vision has to do with seeing. Everyone say seeing. Vision has to do with seeing. So the Father God saw ahead of time. The word pro means before. And so the great choreographer, hallelujah, before this ever occurred, saw exactly what needed to happen. And in the perfect timing, oh, I love it, he supplied the need. Everyone say he sees before. He saw before their need. He sees before what I need. And he sets it in motion. Because he is my pro biter. <laughs> now, we read this a little bit earlier. Abraham didn't lay in bed. Abraham got up early in the morning, did he not? Now, the question I have for you tonight is what in the world was that ram doing 24 hours or 48 hours early? I'll tell you what he was doing. He was on the way. I said he was on, come on, he was on the way. What about the stuff you're believing for? It's on the way. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, what about your children coming out of darkness? They're on their way. What about the money that you need? It's on the way. It's on the way, man. Woo. So I don't fret. I don't worry. We don't bet, but it's a safe bet when El Shaddai says he'll supply your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody say, it's on the way. Well, where are all the people? Why are the chairs empty? They're on their way. Don't, be this, don't let this message be too easy for you. And don't, don't sit there and, and check out on me. This can help you as a person for the rest of your life. 24 hours, 48 hours, he starts dealing with the ram. The ram has an impulse to head north, and then all of a sudden he kind of felt like he should go left, and, and then a sharp right, and then there's a mountain there, and he starts climbing the mountain, and he, he's just, you know, he's been choreographed, Hallelujah. Next thing you know, he finds a bush and he starts gnawing on those bushes. And his horns get caught in the bush. Bam! Hallelujah! Here is the sacrifice. Whew, God says, there it is. 
Hallelujah. You know, it's an awesome, wonderful blessing when there it is manifests. But don't you dare wait to get happy before it shows up. Get happy before it shows up because you full well, full well, you fully well know that it is on the way. It's on the way. Hallelujah. Your healing has been bought and paid for, and you are standing on the word of the Lord, and the manifestation is on the way. On the way. Thank you, Father. Say it with me. It's on the way. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, laugh a little bit. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. It's on the way. Woo, hallelujah. Now, don't get upset about the man from the station not showing up right away. But you just simply hold fast, fight the good fight of faith, praise God in your midnight hour, and his glory and his power will come upon you, and you'll be delivered, and you will be like a brand new man, ready to go all the way with God. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Amen. God says, oop. There it is. Amen. (laughs) There's never a need, never a need, never anything that I've ever been through, that you've been through, or are going through, or may go through in the future. There is never a need that takes him by surprise. You know, God didn't just find out about it and get nervous and say, well, Gabriel, what are we going to do? No, he knew ahead of time. Hallelujah. He knows things about your life so far ahead of time before you were even born. The Lord's just brought Brenda into my life, but he saw that from before the foundation of the earth. God sees your end from the very beginning, and he sees everything in between. Because he does not dwell in time, he dwells in eternity. But the thing about him is, is he is a faith God. And he's looking for us to pass the trust tests, if you will, so that the fulfillment of his provision can come to pass in all of our lives. Say it with me, my good, good father, father. he's taking care of me, me. and he's never late. Never late. Never late. late. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to understand all the whys and the wherefores and the what ifs and all that stuff. Just leave that to rest and put your trust in him. And you'll make it through to the other side. If you'll live for him in his word, abide and just sell out for him. So in closing tonight, I want to share with you maybe for about five minutes. We started out with this question. But here is an extremely important key that we must remember to position ourselves to see God's perfection and God's provision in our lives. And that is this. You must be, I must be, in the, in the place where God has called us to be. Listen to these statements. 
it wasn't just that God was Jehovah Jireh, the place, everyone say the place. The place, the place was called Jehovah Jireh. If Abraham hadn't been in the place, Jehovah Jireh would not have been able to choreograph that provision. He was Jehovah Jireh when Abraham was in the right place, doing the right thing. And as I said before, this is the only time that Jehovah Jireh was used. And in verse 15 through 18, it says this. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. And he said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing. You have not withheld your son, your only son. Now notice this. Blessing, I'm going to bless you. In multiplying, I'm going to multiply you and your descendants. Mark this down. When you pass the test, you position your offspring to be blessed. I said, when you pass the test, you not only pass your offspring to be blessed, but you position those around you that believe in you, that join with you in vision, you position them to be blessed. Lot was blessed because of Abraham. Your descendants are going to be blessed. As the stars of the heaven, the sand of the seashore, and your descendants shall best possess the gate of their enemies, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you obeyed my voice. The Bible says if you be willing, and what? And obedient, you're going to do what? I got a question for you. Is there some good in the land for you to eat? So what are the factors here? I know I'm being a little bit repetitive, but I want you to get this. The factors are this. The leading of God is always connected to the provision of God. Obedience not only to what, but obedience to where? The place. The provision Jehovah Jireh wasn't merely connected to a person, who he is, but the provision was distinctly connected to to a place. How many of you are seeing that tonight? He experienced provision because he was at the appointed place in the right position with God. You know, when I think of Jehovah Jireh, oftentimes I think in terms of my, de- my needs being met. But you know, it's much bigger than that. There's a much bigger picture provided than us four and no more. And the picture is this. As I said earlier, I'm going to bless you, multiply you, and those around you are going to be blessed out of their sight. Hallelujah. Is it worth the stretch? Is it worth a little bit of the sweat? Is it worth being misunderstood? Is it worth it to obey God? You see, when you obey, someone else gets blessed. I stand in amazement at the faithfulness of the people of this church throughout the decades. We would not be sitting in this building tonight if it had not been for Jehovah Jireh and for people that gave sacrificially. Not just yesteryear, but I'm talking about yesterday. It's an awesome thing when we take what God has given to us And we put it into his hands for the glory of God. Become a channel of blessing, my prayer is. Become a channel of blessing 
for people around you. Time is short. So the last question I'm going to ask you again is, what place is God commanding you to go? How about your attitudes? Anybody ever needed an attitude adjustment? I'll raise both hands. How about in your relationships? Husbands, are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? Wives, are you respecting and honoring and deferring to and submitting to and cooking your husband meals? Brenda just said scripture and verse. But, but what place? What place? How about, how about the area of your faithfulness? You need to go higher in your commitment to Christ. Higher in your commitment to faithfulness to Him. How about spirituality? You know, it's nice to come to church and get fed, but you know what? True Christians feed themselves. True Christians read the Word. Real Christians pray at home. Real Christians do the Word of God. How about in your finances? You know, I... Are you a tipper or are you a tither? Hey, that'll preach. That's not bad right there. The Lord provided that for me right now because I'm in the right place. (laughs) Don't be a tipper. Be a tither. You want the tipper blessing or you want the tither blessing? In your commitments and in your obedience. Let's stand up, everybody. That's good for tonight. Amen. Did you get anything out of the service tonight?